week 15 waiver wire show here on the QB list fantasy football podcast. I am Miles Nelson filling in tonight for Callan Elslager, who is unfortunately not feeling well. Uh, he probably saw the news that 37 NFL players have tested positive for COVID and uh, started feeling uh, unwell himself. So hopefully, Callan, you're feeling uh, better here soon. And uh, hey, if it makes you feel any better, just know there's 37 other uh, NFL people out there who aren't feeling well either but here with me tonight feeling well ready for the fantasy playoffs as always aj passman aj how are you doing i'm great man i'm feeling awesome yeah we miss you callan miles it's great to have you how's your uh how's your fantasy football leagues going how many how many playoffs are you in this year uh i'm I, i'm doing okay i'm uh, i'm only in a handful of leagues and uh happy to say that i have hit the playoffs in all but one of them wow that's that's really good. I've made the playoffs in only two of all of my leagues, so uh, it's it's my my success rate certainly not as high as yours. Maybe if I was uh, paying more attention to the waiver wire all year long, <laughs> I would have been in a much better place. Um, speaking of which, you know, obviously, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, uh, AJ gets to a lot of players on this waiver wire podcast, but you don't necessarily uh, are able to talk about all of them. Um, so you want to get his full thoughts and you know other players to keep an eye on. Players we're not able to talk about. Definitely check out every week. Uh, he puts out his waiver wire column. Uh, goes up every Tuesday. So uh, check that out, QBList.com. You'll be able to see it um, probably around the same time you're listening to this, most likely. Um, but AJ, you know, we're in the fantasy playoffs. You know, what what are some what are some ways that your thought process is changing now that we're at this time of year where it's it's winner go home? It doesn't matter, you know, if they've got a great rest of season schedule. If you don't win this week, where where's your head at? Oh, it's, it's, it's in the sand half the time, but, um, <laughs> we are, uh, yeah, it's, it's go time. Um, you know, it, it's, we're, we're not stashing, you know, the potential, the potential breakout guy, the, the guy that we hope has a good week here or there, you know, you can't really risk, uh, your entire season, you know, hoping that Allen Robinson comes back and, and starts playing well, you're, you're just not going to do that. Um, so really, you know, you, if you've made the playoffs, hopefully you have, um, if you have a buy, you know, good for you, good for you. But, um, if you haven't, if you've been grinding it out and you're, and, and you're in week 15, uh, hoping for a win, you know, really, you probably have a lot of your starters kind of set, you know, who your guys are and really you're looking for insurance or replacing somebody who, um, you know, like, uh, like you said, miles might've gone on the, the COVID list, uh, earlier mm -hmm. this week, and we're not sure if we're going to get them back. So really we're looking at insurance replacements and guys that you could potentially start, um, you know, either this week or in the coming weeks. Yeah. It, uh, luckily it appears that of the 37 players that tested positive today, uh, this is a recording on, on Monday uh, for the record. Um, it looks like uh, only Tyler Higby and Alexander Madison in terms of like fantasy relevance um, are, uh, have been placed on the COVID list. Um, Jamal Williams also placed on the COVID list, but I believe that was on last Friday. Um, so there's a chance Jamal Williams is back. Um, you know, I, I don't know the vaccination status of every player. Um, Alexander Madison's already back up at this point with Dalvin Cook coming back. So really Tyler Higby is like the only starter. Uh, and, uh, you know, Tyler Higby being unavailable this past week probably hurt you more than him not being available for week 15. Uh, with that Monday night football game, you had no other choice but to pick up his backup. So uh, really at this point, hopefully we don't get too much more in the way of of bad COVID news and, and uh, we don't have people scrambling to find 
you know, third string, fourth string wide receivers uh, this time, you know, in the next couple of days. But uh, with the information that we have now, you know, kind of with the way this week has, has panned out with looking ahead to next week's schedule, um, who are some players that you're really targeting for a backfield perspective? You know, a lot of us out there are in need of some replacements, you know, might have had Jamar Jefferson and Kareem Hunt as you're starting uh, mm. backfield in some teams. So for, for that person, who should they be looking for? I I hope you still made it if if that was your backfield in in week fourteen, um, but you know but again t- you know to your point you know a lot of these a lot of the players should be coming back uh, from the reserve COVID list, but I wouldn't be surprised if this happens to another batch of players. You know it's we're getting into the winter months. Um, I, I I can I can definitely see more players continue to test positive, so that just makes makes getting their backups um, and getting some insurance plays just e- e- even more important. Um, but top of the list, you know, is, is Rashad Penny, who he's uh, 21% rostered, uh, up from 9% last week, where uh, where Callan and I both kind of prioritized him last week as a little bit of a um, risk reward play. It's a little bit hard to see exactly what Adrian Peterson was going to do. We were a little bit worried that he would vulture some of that goal line work. But man, Rashad Penny just came in and uh, just took the backfield um, and just dominated the workload. Um, and, you know, it just seems like uh, just the eye test too. He, he just has the most juice. He looks the best. If Seattle's coaching staff knows what they're doing, then they're just going to put him in as the lead back. And I'm not all that worried about anybody else stealing his work. Um, even if Alan, Alex Collins is back. Um, but, you know, I mean, if, if you've followed Seattle at all this, this season, uh, it has been a revolving door and just so hard to guess who it's going to be. Um, you know, you've still got Travis Homer every once in a while in there stealing some some passing down work. But um, but of everybody on the list, I think Rashad Penny, if you're going into your playoffs, he is he's definitely my top priority because he's a starting running back and he's available in what is that? 80, almost 80 percent of league. So he's probably available in your league. He's going to get the workload. He's got a tough matchup uh, in uh, week 15 against the Rams. But still, it's one of those plays where. Um, I think that he's going to get the volume. seems like Russell Wilson might be coming back a little bit more um, to where hopefully they can have a little bit more of a balanced offense. And yeah, I'm, I'm all systems go on him um, after, you know, 16 attempts for 137 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you draft a running back in the first round, you know, they're usually pretty good. Uh, it only took us about four years to see it with Rashad <laughs> Penny. And this may be the only time uh, we see it. I, I think this is his third hundred yard uh, rushing game and like first one in like three years or something like that. So, uh, but you're absolutely right. Definitely look the best. I mean, we've seen a lot of, um, I, I, I'm going to put air quotes around running backs. Uh, obviously, you can't see that on the other end of the podcast, but uh, you know, Alex Collins, Adrian Peterson, DJ Dallas, a lot of these guys that just aren't really fantastic running backs. And Penny finally looked the part. Um, so definitely, but I mean, it's it just tough because you have this great game and then to immediately go up against the Rams. Like that's that's a very tough thing to to have to go up against the very next week. Um, Seattle probably going to be playing from behind. Well, and then again, though, these divisional games, Always tough. So you never know what to expect from from a Seahawks Rams game. But I just don't know going up against that opponent if if Penny is someone that I could really be all that interested in starting. Um, but it's also slim pickings. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that he's got probably that. You know, his upside is RB two. I would say, um, mm-hmm. but you know, if, if if you're if you're needing that kind of RB three that flex play then i'm i'm more than happy to um to to throw a penny in there but 
Um, you know, obviously you temper your expectations a, a little bit, but like you said, it's a divisional game. Um, who, you know, who, who, who knows exactly how these games are going to play out, but I love the role as long as he can stay healthy. And that's always been Penny's issue. If he can stay healthy, um, then, then I, I like him moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, and he's got to look better to you at this point than a lot of those guys that are, we put them out there because we know they're going to get the volume, but there's not a whole lot going on. Um, you know, the Houston running backs, um, you know, uh, Alex Collins himself. So if you're, if you're find yourself with one of those running backs where you're like, I know this guy's going to get 10 carries. I don't know how far he's going to go, but you know, uh, it gives, it gives you some chance at least with Penny that there's going to be some uh, some actual talent on the other end of the ball there. Um, all right. Who else are you looking at uh, across the league that, that could, uh, you know, do well for you here in week 15? <laughs> well, it, it, here's, here's a weird one. Um, uh, Craig Reynolds from Detroit. Um, you mentioned, yeah, you that you mentioned Jamar Jefferson, um, but kind of surprisingly with DeAndre Swift out, I think every Jamal Williams manager was like, this is my week. This is when Jamal Williams comes out and, and just has a major spike week. Um, but then he, you know, he lands on the COVID list. It seems like Jamar Jefferson is going to get the start, but it was all, uh, it was all Craig Reynolds. And that's, you know, again, you temper your expectations a little bit with Detroit. Um, but Craig Reynolds, if, uh, if, you know, I don't see a whole lot of reason for Detroit to force DeAndre Swift out there. I could see them, you know, we've already already even heard rumors or reports, you know, they might start shutting players down. They got their win, so they're not going to go completely winless in uh, in 2021. So Craig Reynolds is an interesting one. And he's one of those that, that I kind of put an asterisk on because it's he's really, I'm only interested if Jamal Williams is is ruled out. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, you know, more news comes out about Jamar Jefferson, um, it's a little bit hard to tell, but to me, I mean, there's a big drop off from Penny to any of the Detroit running backs, but it's definitely a situation that I'm going to monitor and see, um, just, just kind of see, see what happens there because, you know, he, he could get the spot start again. Yeah. And that's the tough thing with Jamal Williams being placed on the uh, COVID reserve list on Friday. Um, what we've seen pretty much all season long, we just saw it with Keenan Allen is, you know, in order to return to play, you have to uh, return two negative tests 24 hours apart. Um, and that just doesn't happen within the first week, you know, their next game next weekend, it, you know, this, uh, this upcoming weekend, it's, that's, we're talking eight days, nine days out from, you know, being placed on the COVID reserve list. So it's, it's a really tough, uh, you know, we don't know if he's going to be active or not. And, you know, I don't know if you can act like he, you know, can you, who can you drop to make room for Craig Reynolds when it's very possible he's going to be the fourth running back on the depth chart come, you know, game day. Uh, I mean, they, Dan Campbell even said he wasn't willing to rule out Deandre Swift, although, like you said, there's really no reason for them to rush him back. Um, and the other thing too is, uh, you know, Campbell said they didn't use Jamar Jefferson because, you know, he wasn't a hundred percent last week during practice. And so he, he wasn't around, right. Um, he basically he missed some time with an ankle issue. Um, he had the flu, so he wasn't at practice and that's why they, they didn't use Jamar Jefferson and instead opted to use Craig Reynolds. So again, I mean, Jamar Jefferson could leave, leave frog him on the depth chart come this upcoming weekend. So, um, you might be in a position where you need to grab a guy like Craig Reynolds to stash on your bench, but uh, it's also a position where he could very easily be droppable before we even get to the weekend. 
Yeah, for sure. That that's one of those where if you if you have to make the decision on Tuesday night without knowing anything, you may end up he may not even end up on your roster on Sunday morning. But um, yeah. you know, and and that's that, that's also similar to 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 the next uh, running back on here, uh, Dearness Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems a little bit more likely to be locked into that backup role with Kareem Hunt already doubtful for Week mm-hmm. 15. Um, so it, it, one one kind of pro of Dearness Johnson over Craig Reynolds is that. Uh, he's already kind of shown that he can fill in. Um, but even, even he's probably not a starting option, um, but he is one of those backups, one of those handcuffs, insurance back, however you like to call him, that if something were to happen to Nick Chubb, I mean, he is he is one of those kind of top-tier um, backup running backs that could oh, be absolutely. a league winner for you. I, I, absolutely. If, if we roster Alexander Madison or Tony Pollard because of what they can do, when the starters out, um, you know, Dearness Johnson has done it twice already this season, um, scoring over 22 points in PPR, uh, both in week seven and in week 10 uh, without Chubb and Hunt there. And now, you know, it's tougher to roster a guy like Dearness Johnson versus Alexander Madison because Johnson's number three, but he's basically number two now with where with Kareem Hunt's health status. So anything happens to Nick Chubb this week, uh, Dearness Johnson's suddenly a very startable running back. So um, I think he definitely is someone you should roster. And if you have Nick Chubb, I, I, I almost think if you, if you're the Nick Chubb owner is Dearness Johnson, your number one priority on waivers this week. You know, I, I think that, you know, one, one thing I, I prefer to do when I'm, when I'm looking at fantasy, which it's really hard to do this is assume that I'm going to be right about my players. So I don't like to plan for my own players to get hurt. I kind of like to sprinkle into other areas um, so if I have Nick Chubb and he goes down, I do think, uh, Dearness Johnson is a great fill in. Um, I'm still prioritizing Rashad Penny because mm-hmm. if I'd rather have a healthy Nick Chubb and a healthy Rashad Penny, mm-hmm. um, then, then a healthy Nick Chubb and a healthy Dearness Johnson, right. if that makes sense. So, no, that's absolutely um, fair. so I, so I'm still prioritizing Penny just because I think the opportunity, there doesn't have to be an injury for him to be valuable and for him mm-hmm. to be usable, but. I do think that, you know, if man, especially if you're, if you're in good shape with your running backs, I mean, Dearness Johnson is definitely one of those backs that I am looking at to where, man, he is an automatic start. Mm -hmm. If, if even if one of your playoff opponents has Nick Chubb and he goes down, Um, (laughs) that is just such a great swing in, um, in a matchup that it's uh, if it happens and it has happened so many times this season that that's why, you know, that that's why Alex Alexander Madison is, um, I think he's still rostered in, you know, 75, something like that percent of leagues. Um, and there's a reason for that. Um, so if I'm, I'm still going to prioritize Penny, but I do think that Darren's Johnson probably is in that kind of second spot and kind of leading the way with a lot of these other in insurance or handcuff backs. Yeah. Alexander Madison rostered in 83% of leagues. And it's because you just know for a fact that he, I mean, he's guaranteed 20 points if, uh, if that opportunity comes his way and that's same thing for Darren, Darren Johnson. So definitely hear you on that. Um, what other running backs are you looking at across the league? Now we're, I mean, we're talking for a lot of people who, who are looking for a running back They They just need someone who's going to give them a chance. Someone who, you know, has almost like a lottery ticket end of your bench, just like could be, could be someone that's worth starting. Um, you know, if everything breaks right, come or breaks wrong, 
I suppose, uh, <laughs> right. in, in, in real life situations, uh, who are the players that you're, you're most looking at to put out the end of your bench, uh, and, and just really, you want to be the one to benefit from, uh, if, if everything does go wrong. Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think right now, um, if, if I'm playing for week 15, um, the other, another player that I'm looking at is, um, is Duke Johnson because, mm-hmm. uh, with miles Gaskin and Salman Ahmed, uh, both going on the on the COVID list, um, he could have flex value against the Jets. You expect kind of a more positive game script, um, you know, and I, and Miami's actually been playing pretty darn well over the past few weeks. So um, he's definitely a spot start. Somebody who could who could definitely give you kind of you know RB three up upside uh, with you know with a tiny bit of upside if both of those players are out, um, and that really doesn't have to depend on any new injuries to come out. Both of those, both of those already kind of were late developments last week. So I like Duke, John, Duke Johnson. He's available. He's only 10% rostered um, in Yahoo leagues. So they're coming off a buy. So he's definitely um, available. And that that's one of those where I'm going to hold on to that until I see either if Gaskin or, or Ahmed are activated. Um, because I think that could immediately get, give you a, uh, you know, give you a, a starter for, for week 15. Um, and, and similar to, you know, the, the Philadelphia backfield, we haven't heard much about Miles Sanders injury, um, but that's even a little bit more up in the air. We don't know if Jordan Howard's coming back uh, from his injury. Um, if both Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders are out, then Boston Scott jumps up quite a bit. But all, you know, all of the pre bye week reports were, you know, Miles Sanders either expected to come back or Jordan Howard, we think we're going to get him back for week 15. So it's a little bit harder to know with back, that backfield. But those are two guys that I think, you know, we've already seen either injuries or, um, or, you know, the code reserve kind of take, take players uh, that are higher in the depth chart kind of out of the way. So um, definitely two situations I'm monitoring there. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you do pick up, either Duke Johnson or Boston Scott, just keep in mind that you're, it's not going to be enough to follow the news on them. Um, you're going to have to follow the news on for Duke Johnson for the entire, the entire Miami <laughs> Dolphins backfield, um, including by the way, Malcolm Brown, who's expected to start practicing this week. Now we don't typically see players come back from injured reserve and start practicing and playing in the same week. There's usually at least one week uh, of time, but given their situation, um, you know, and given the fact that, you know, Malcolm Brown is just kind of, fine and running back uh they might need to do do so in a pinch um it's not like he's going to be at the top of their depth chart uh when you know miles gaskin and salvin Ahmed don't have long-term injury so just keep an eye on on malcolm brown on the on the guys on the covid list and then with boston scott obviously keep an eye on on miles sanders and jordan howard because this these are guys who their their status can be heavily swung by players that you might not be following uh because they're not on your roster so just something to keep in mind. Uh, any other running backs before we move on uh, that you feel like we need to to keep a close eye on? Yeah, uh, really, keep an eye on Austin Eckler. It, 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 he didn't come back in the game in Week 14 after leaving. Um, you know the, the the coaching staff said that he could have gone back in, but the game was kind of um, you know sealed at that point. Um, he, he, Eckler is just one of those that always seems to have a little bit of a nagging thing. He's he, he's been great this season when he's been in. Um, and the big question there is who's going to take the workload. So it's kind of a two week commitment. You know, if Eckler goes out, you're not sure if it's going to be Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly. Um, so, but still the, the opportunity there, if Eckler's out, you, I mean, really, I, I would be trying to grab both. Um, but it's a little bit hard to kind of 
give, give yourself two, two bench spots for that. But, right. um, it's definitely something I'm going to monitor to see if there's, a, if there are any hints that, that Eckler might rest for a week, then you've, you know, you got to take a chance on one of those. I think, uh, I completely agree with you. And I think I would grab Justin Jackson if it were me, because, uh, I don't think Josh Kelly has ever had a fantasy relevant game. Um, and he's had some games <laughs> with pretty big workloads. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's no, not, that's true. It's, it's not true. to say that it can't be done, but uh, I think the closest that he ever came to a fantasy relevant game, I mean, he did put up uh, with about 115 yards uh, uh, combined against Kansas City in week two of last year, but that came across 23 rushing attempts uh, and two receptions. So they had to give him a lot of work to get to 115 yards. So yeah. it's it's just one of those things where uh, if I'm going to make a bet on someone, I'm going to, Justin Jackson may not end up being the starter, but like, if he is, at least he's interesting. Whereas if I'm right on Joshua Kelly, I don't even know if I want to play him anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's just something worth a, uh, worth a shot there. But I, I agree. Um, it's only monitor, worth monitoring if Eckler is going to uh, miss time. Um, and for all of us Austin Eckler uh, fantasy managers out there, we're praying that he doesn't. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. I am indeed. So with regards to all this, you know, you're turning and burning the end of your roster spots. You may be making room for, if you're lucky, if you're the guy with the most fab in your league, you're getting Rashad Penny. Uh, what, who, who do you feel comfortable dropping or what type of player necessarily would you feel comfortable dropping to make room for guys like this at the bottom of your roster? I don't know how, I don't know how everybody else's leagues have been, but it, it, it seems to me that wide receivers tend to kind of pile toward the bottom of the roster uh, through, as the season goes on. Um, and so I think that for me, there are a lot of these uh, r- running backs who are going to start are, j- are just such a premium. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's kind of those borderline wide receivers, you know, that maybe you've been holding on to, whether it's, uh, you know, LaVisca Chenault or really anybody on Jacksonville um, that, <laughs> that for me, I'm, I, I'm, you, I'm ready to cut bait because at this point, um, you know, I mean, even take like an Allen Robinson or um, you know, somebody who's, kind of had like a lost season or I'll I'll say like a Kenny Galladay or um, someone like that, where even if they have a good week, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to start them the next week because, you know, it's, I've been burned before. So if I'm not starting them this week, then I'm probably not going to take a chance on them in week 16, barring some crazy injury. So really I'm looking at, at some wide receivers or again, you know, just, just some of those running backs where I just have to look at it and go, man, even if they had had the opportunity Am, am I actually going to start them and put my fantasy life on the line? So, you know, that's, that's somebody like Tevin Coleman, you know, who, who, who maybe I grabbed while Michael Carter, Michael Carter was out and he's supposed to be back in week 15. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see myself. <laughs> if I see myself having to start Tevin Coleman, then I don't like my chances in the playoffs anyway. <laughs> so, um, so I'd rather, I'd rather cut bait with some of those guys that I'm never going to really trust and never going to be happy about having on, on my starting roster. Um, Adrian Peterson is another good example of that. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to trust what's going to happen. And so why am I just letting him sit on my bench? I'd rather, I'd rather get a guy who might have, have that upside where I could actually plug him into a starting role if things, if things kind of turn the right way. Yeah. So basically higher upside, even if it's technically a slightly lower chance of, of it hitting, um, you know, or even, or even having a chance at, at playing that lottery ticket, you'd rather have that as opposed to a guy that's like, yeah, you, 50% chance he's a starter, 99% chance it's a complete dud. And it's like, well, you wasted your time. Anyway. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's like the opposite of, of the draft strategy where I, I'm, I don't like to do a lot of handcuffs when I, when I draft just because you're not sure how a season's going to uh, turn out. But when you get into the playoffs, when you get kind of this late in the season, we have enough of a sample size and you kind of know whether or not you're going to, you're really going to actually slot somebody into your, into your right. starting roster in a week or two. So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to wide receiver. Um, you know, some definitely some interesting performances across the league uh, in this past week. And and uh, definitely, well, first of all, a little bit of news, just uh, Kadarius Tony is another player. I did not mention he that he's on uh, the COVID reserve list. So, um, you know, I for all the people out there, let me let's just start with him. I just just have to know because he there's such this myth- mythology around Kadarius Tony based on the season that he's had, the the limited times we've seen him, the 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 heights he has flown when he is on the field. Uh you, can you still roster Kadarius Tony uh in in the hopes that he puts up that 20 point game that, that we're all elusively chasing? That was week five. Yeah, but I again <laughs> the mythology is there. I know. Well I, and I, I do and I, I don't say that to you, Miles. I say it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was week five. That is, I mean, you're you're waiting ten weeks for something to happen where he is literally just hurting your team, and so he is he is a great candidate for that. Um, you know, you compound that with just the Giants' offense overall, with Daniel Jones hurt, you know, Mike Glennon under center. I mean, it, it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I'm ready to just say, you know what, Kadarius Tony. You might be great next season, uh, but I've been hurt before and I'm in a very sensitive place and I need to go to the playoffs without you. You can, you can go sit next to Allen Robinson. Yeah. Uh, so, so who, who are you looking at at wide receiver this week? If you're in a bad spot, which is kind of a weird thing to say, it feels like uh wide receiver has been so deep and there's just been a, a, such a plethora of options. Uh, but there are teams out there that, that don't know what they're doing at wide receiver. Don't know how to fill that third wide receiver spot or that flex spot. Um, you know, what, which direction should they be looking uh, this week if they're in a pinch? Well, uh, KJ Osborne is, is my top pick probably uh, amongst the wide receivers. Um, he's 38% rostered. And th- the big news obviously was, was back in week uh, 13 with Adam Thielen going down. Um, the fact that he's going to continue to be out, um, you know, Osborne, you know, he, I, I would actually, if you watch the game, he did not have a great game, but he did kind of get salvaged by a long touchdown. Um, but, but the thing that, that pulls me back to him again is the, the nine targets. And so in this offense, it seems, um, you know, you could see some of those targets kind of balancing out towards Tyler Conklin again, which I, I kind of thought that it would be a little bit more evenly distributed, uh, in week 14. Um, mm-hmm. but Going going up against Chicago, um, I, I I don't hate the matchup. I think it's fine, um, and I think that you know Kirk Cousins has again he's been fine. He's he's established a solid enough floor where he can support multiple multiple receivers. Um, so if if KJ Osborne can kind of keep that target share coming, then you know it, having him as a as a as a wide receiver three, I think that's a great option uh, moving into the playoffs. And you know you'll be able to start him for a couple weeks as well. Yeah, and he was definitely someone that was uh, top everyone's radar last week as well because of the Adam Thielen injury. This this Minnesota offense is one that, uh, you know, there's not a lot of fantasy-relevant players on it, but the ones that are are definitely relevant because they funnel all their offense through just a few players. And KJ Osborne 
like you mentioned, not a great game, but nine targets. Um, you'll take that from wide receiver any, any week. Um, you know, hopefully it's more than three receptions. Uh, but even if you take away the touchdown, I mean, 11, 11 points isn't great in PPR, but it's also not losing you the week. Um, if it's your second or third wide receiver, right? So, I mean, even, even in a quote unquote down week, uh, KJ Osborne still managed to do, you know, uh, admirably for sure. Um, who else, uh, if Osborne has already been picked up in your league, which, uh, there's a good chance he got picked up last week. Uh, who else would you be looking at? Yeah. Yeah. Osborne's at 38%. So he, he should be available more than, more than half, half the leagues out there, but, mm-hmm. um, somebody who is definitely available, uh, for all but 3% of you is Gabriel Davis, um, with, uh, you know, Buffalo's offense has been a little bit hard to define, I think even for themselves. Um, but <laughs> You know, you like having the opportunity there. It really seems like, um, you know, uh, with Emmanuel Sanders going out, that's where the opportunity comes up. So Emmanuel Sanders looks to be out, um, and Gabriel Davis, um, it's, he's one of he's one of these you know second year receivers, um, and it's it's actually been nice to kind of see him kind of get out on the field. Uh, he looked good against Tampa Bay. Uh, got. Uh, saw eight targets, five receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown. Um, so I, I like him moving forward. I think that, um, again, with Josh Allen and the Buffalo offense, um, I, th- I definitely think that there's opportunity for him behind Stefan Diggs and kind of even with Dawson Knox mixed in there. Um, you know, we're seeing, you know, their running backs again, not, not really be all that trustworthy. Um, and so I, I like Gabriel Davis to get some underneath routes, to get some, um, to get some opportunities in, in two wide sets and, uh, just really like his opportunity moving forward now that kind of Emmanuel Sanders, they're not both kind of competing for that same role. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that definitely frees up a lot of uh, opportunity for Gabriel Davis and kind of a, a weird angle, but definitely something to keep in mind. Josh Allen, pretty much the only player on the bills who can move the ball on the ground. And uh, he has turf toe and or a foot sprain uh, kind of had little bit of both reports there coming out from Buffalo. And uh, if he's not running as much, the Lord knows Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and Matt Breed aren't doing anything on the ground. Uh, we might see a Buffalo team that just opts to, you know, throw, throw, throw all game long. Um, you know, that definitely helps Gabriel Davis because the more volume out there, the, the better chance that he can repeat this eight target performance of uh, this past week, as opposed to kind of what he had been seeing recently of the, you know, three to five target variety. So um just uh, uh, something to keep in mind. Uh, anyone else yeah. uh, really, really catch your attention? Well, you know, for the other thing with, with Gabriel Davis is, is if you want to see kind of how that vol- that opportunity jumped in week 14, um, you know, he uh, Gabriel Davis ran 65 snaps. Stefan Diggs ran 69. And so he's right up there with, with Stefan Diggs and uh, yeah. Cole Beasley's wow. running snaps uh, 51 routes run. And so again, I mean, it, it, when you, when that turns into eight targets, I mean, again, Cole Beasley is, um, you know, also got 11 targets. So I wouldn't ignore him either, but you just kind of see that and see those opportunities. I think, I think Gabriel Davis is a little bit more explosive. So I think he could give you kind of that wide receiver three with more upside for a potential big play. Um, but man, once, I mean, once Sanders went out, I mean, you just see, he is, he is getting snap share rates uh, right up there with Stefan Diggs um, and, and running, running all the routes. So uh, that's exactly what you want to see. Um, so you know, if, if you if you're not just following the the touchdown, which you know may not come every week, um, you follow that usage, which is which was just elite. Yeah, and this is also the the first game that Emmanuel Sanders has not played 
uh, more than 70% of the snaps um, uh, at all this season. And obviously because he, he got hurt. Uh, and this is the first game Gabriel Davis's uh, snap share went up above like 40%, 50%. So pretty, pretty one-to-one uh, reference point there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, any other, any other wide receivers that you're keeping a close eye on someone that you might even start this week? I, I, I don't want to say anybody else from Detroit, but I have to, um, you know, with, uh, over the past couple of weeks, um, Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, has really kind of, oddly enough, with the arrival of Josh Reynolds, now we're seeing kind of the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown um, in Detroit. Um, you know, it, to me, it's a big drop off because we know what his floor is. We mm-hmm. know that he can give you that zero, that one point game. Um, and so for me, it's it's a little bit more of a desperation play, but um, it's like a desperation floor play because it seems like. It seems like he's gonna, you know, be able to give you a, a, enough of that floor. I mean, twelve targets in week fourteen for eight receptions. Um, that is, I mean, that, that is great volume if you need mm-hmm. uh, to fill in. If you're, you know, giving up on on, on somebody else, uh, another receiver that you've had, or if you really need a flex play, um, I definitely see, you know, the potential uh, for Amon Ross St. Brown to keep that up. Um, and you look at Arizona, you kind of assume uh, that they're in week 15, they're going to be playing catch up against the Cardinals. So there should be, you know, again, the game script should favor some, um, some of that kind of negative game script to where, uh, to where Detroit will be passing the ball. Um, right. So, so I, I like him. I, I think that St. Brown is probably a better bet for me than someone like Josh Reynolds, um, even though he's kind of getting, getting some, uh, some consistent, uh, volume as well, but I think the upside and just the overall opportunity for Amon Ross St. Brown seems to be a little bit higher um, or the highest of the of the pass catchers. So, you know, keeping an eye on, you know, the fact that DeAndre Swift, you know, his pass catching isn't there. TJ Hawkinson hasn't been playing. Um, so I think that seeing that opportunity, um, even though it's a scary thing to trust the Detroit offense uh, in the fantasy playoffs, you, I do think you could do worse than Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, 12 targets two weeks in a row. Uh, it's tough to turn yeah. that down. But uh, it's also, you know, like you mentioned, it's Detroit. It's hard to recommend. I mean, you know, we've had a handful of Detroit receivers get this kind of attention. Never never 12 targets, never twice in a row. But, uh, you know, I mean, Cleve Raymond had his moment, you know, earlier this season. So who knows what's going on in Detroit? Uh, but uh, I'm on our same Brown. Definitely someone who got a lot of hype before the season started as a sleeper pick. Uh, maybe, maybe finally just coming into into you know his comfort zone uh, as a wide receiver. Um, any any last uh, you know people that you should be keeping an eye on? I mean, real deep leagues out there, really really uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel. Hmm. Well, I, I would keep an eye on on the Chargers. It seems like Keenan Allen is going to come back, but with an early game, uh, the, I, I believe the Chargers play on Thursday uh, in, in week 15. So um, there is a little bit of a shorter time uh, timetable with um, with the Chargers. Yeah. So, you know, you had uh, Keenan Allen out today. Mike Williams was a DNP. Um, it doesn't seem like it's it, I, I wouldn't go too crazy on that. It seems like he had like a heel issue or something, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that, that pulled him out of the game and it wasn't anything they brought up post game. Um, but you know, again, with a, with a, with a quick turnaround, um, you, you know, you never know. Uh, so Jalen Guyton was a big, uh, was a popular pickup 
in in week 14 um mm-hmm. and he came through with a with a big play but actually the other rookie Josh Palmer um was was more involved just on he was just on the field more um mm-hmm. so it was really Josh Palmer and Mike Williams in the two wide sets and Jalen Guyton came on in the in the three wide so um I think that if um I, I'm if you monitor that situation and if some if Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, you know, if any of this negative negative news starts to come out, it seems like they might be on the wrong side of questionable. Um, then I would definitely uh, wouldn't mind taking a dart throw on either Guyton for kind of the upside big play, or you know, just to see if um, if Josh Palmer kind of continues this kind of late season emergence. Which you know, that, I mean, that is what rookies do. They do kind of come on later on in the um, later on in the season. Seems to have a decent connection with just with Justin Herbert. Um, so you know, I I, I don't. Um, don't hate he, either of those. Um, and then, you know, you've also got Donovan Peoples-Jones in Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. It's not my favorite thing to trust the Browns, um, but if you look at just <laughs> the the usage that that he had, I mean, again, you know, seven targets, um, 90 yards. He, he can have these kind of blow-up games. You know, he's good as a deep threat. Um, and, you know, the, the matchup against Las Vegas isn't very scary. Um, so he's pretty low roster. He's only 10%. Um, it, it's, it's a little bit hard with Baker Mayfield. Um, who's been pretty up and down, but um, you know, again, if uh, if with Kareem Hunt potentially out, if Nick Chubb is there, you know, I, th- I think there could be some more passing work to go around for Peoples Jones, and he's he, he's getting you know very similar usage to to what Jarvis Landry Landry would get, so he could be a good option. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely scraping the bottom of the barrel now if we're talking about uh, Browns wide receivers. Uh, but you know, that might be a position that you're in and, and might need to go there. But uh, I like the Josh Palmer look. Um, it is Thursday night football for the Chargers this week, which hallelujah, thank you, NFL. Uh, finally, get Thursday <laughs> night football game. Chiefs Chargers, uh, gonna be a, a, a good one for sure. And uh, you know, if Keenan Allen's not uh, able to get off the COVID list in time, you know, Josh Palmer could uh, find himself playing quite a bit, just like he did last week. So. Um, definitely like that uh, as a Keenan Allen, uh, as someone who needs Keenan Allen um, in, in one of his leagues, I would not like that, but you, know, <laughs> you do what you got to do. Uh, one last player I want to ask about, uh, you know, I noticed that he's uh, actually been added quite a bit in Yahoo leagues lately. Uh, and that's Devonte Parker. Um, he's sitting at 46% rostered right now. Um, just came back from a five week absence uh, in, in played against the giants in week 13 dolphins coming off a bye. Uh, is Devonte Parker someone that you're interested in uh, the down there in Miami? Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, De- Devonte Parker, you know, he is when he's been on the field, he's looked good. He's a guy who can go up and get the ball. Um, I like his connection with Tua. I think that, you know, obviously Jalen Waddle is getting all the attention and rightly right. so uh, with, with his breakout. But I do think, man, that, having that one, two, I, I, I love the opportunity for Devonta Parker. It's just the question of whether or not he can stay on the field. So it seems like he's back. seems like he's good. Um, so it, it he would definitely be um, someone I'd be looking at. Doesn't I'm, We haven't heard any kind of more news about Will Fuller, so I don't really see him kind of coming in. Um, you know, taking away too much of uh, too much of the target share there. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that pick, Miles. Yeah, and and actually, uh, it did come out today. Uh, Brian Flores, the Dolphins head coach, said that they don't expect to see Will Fuller in practice this week. So, uh, no Will Fuller in practice uh, leaves just Waddle, Parker, and I guess uh, Gasicki. I don't know. Uh, Gasicki healthy? I don't remember. 
yeah, yeah, he actually is. And the, hey. that, that's how bad he's been for the past few weeks. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, I try to, I try to not pay attention to Miami's offense just for my own personal mental health uh, as much as possible. Other than Jalen Waddle, uh, he's been great. Uh, all right. Tight end. Um, you know, a lot of teams in, in a bit of a, a tight spot right now at tight end. Logan Thomas going to IR. Uh, Tyler Higby hitting COVID reserved, uh, you know, today. So, you know, for those out there who, God bless them, are still looking for a tight end. Uh, you know, maybe they've been streaming tight end all year. <laughs> Help us out. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, tight end was tough this week. I mean, it, it, yeah, if you look at if you look at the uh, just the overall scores of of tight end this week. I mean, you've got if you did not have George Kittle, Mark Andrews, or Dawson Knox, you know, of kind of these highly rostered guys. I mean, you know, you you go from I think in half PPR, Dawson Knox had 15 points next closest, you know, we're talking 12, 11, 10. So any of the popular streamers that we've had um, didn't really pan out that much, but I'm actually going to go back to the well with a lot of these. Um, I still think that Ricky Seals Jones is a good play um, for, for week 15. Um, They're going up against Philadelphia who is last of the league against tight ends and Terry McLaurin might be hurt. Um, So you know, again, it's, it's an opportunity play, uh, there. It, it's so hard to know exactly what's going to, what the Washington football team is going to do. Um, seems like Taylor Heineke just, you know, he's, he's really up and down. Antonio Gibson can't hold onto the football. So the real question is, you know, can they sustain enough drives to get enough opportunity? But, um, but I do think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's the tight end position, (laughs) So, uh, you know, you're kind of grasping at straws anyway. So the straws I'm going to grasp at are back when Logan Thomas first went on IR and Ricky Seals-Jones just slotted right into his role. Um, so I still think that the opportunity should be there for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though, you know, he, he didn't do a whole lot in um, in week 14, you know, just one reception for eight yards. Um, I still I still think that he's worth um, he's worth a look there when you kind of compare against the rest of the tight end landscape, because again, you probably didn't have a very good tight end week, but the guy or gal you were playing against probably didn't either. So it's kind of a wash, but um, so, so I still think Ricky Seals Jones is a, is a good play. um, And and the Eagles should be a a decent matchup for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the person you're playing against might've had to start Kendall Blanton, or maybe you had to start Kendall (laughs) Blanton uh, who actually uh, did perform better than Ricky Seals Jones this week. So yeah, uh, but but, uh, uh you're right philadelphia awful against uh tight ends and and there's no way taylor heineke can be that bad for a second week in a row i mean he's he's not great but he's usually not that bad I mean, oh. he looked absolutely lost out there uh but that's what happens when you go up against the dallas defense baby um mm. you know, i mean micah parsons that's all you need to know about the dallas defense uh yeah. what other tight ends might you be looking at um if maybe you don't believe in ricky seals jones or you play in one of the 20 percent of leagues out there that where he's already rostered uh where else might you be looking uh, you know, I, again, it, it, they aren't really new names for me, but I, I think that, you know, with the exception of, of this past week, Tyler Conklin, you know, has continued to, to have a, you know, a decent floor. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I, I, I want to follow the offense and, and, and offenses where I think that, that there will be some opportunity. So um, again, with Thielen out, you know, we saw KJ Osborne take, um, take a little bit more of that workload, but Miles, would you be shocked if that completely switches and Tyler Conklin ends up with eight or nine targets in week 15? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Especially because uh, Conklin 
can, you know, Adam Thielen really almost plays like a tight end a lot of the times in this Vikings offense, uh, soaking up a lot of the red zone um, usage. So I, I think the the logic still holds for Tyler Conklin to be, you know, the, the second, you know, receiver, quote unquote, there in, in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, too. And, the, you know, the other the other name, again, is uh, somebody that we've talked about a lot. Um, it, I don't know why we keep going back to Jacksonville, but um, James O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> Um, again, you know, he's, he's getting involved in in the offense and we're just about at the point where I think that we may just have to say, you know, the usage doesn't matter all that much in Jacksonville because they're so, uh, disjointed just everywhere, all over the field. They're such a poor team, honestly, they're, they're honestly my least favorite team to watch. Um, so um, sorry, Jacksonville fans. Um, actually, you <laughs> all want to. You, prob- you probably say, say you probably believe that more than I do. You probably aren't exactly liking to watch them, but um, but again, you know the the matchup is good. Um, they're going up against Houston. Uh, when James O'Shaughnessy, you know, at the beginning of the season before he went on IR, that was their Week One matchup. Um, you know, he had decent involvement. Again, you know, not a blow up game, but a good game for a tight end. You know, uh, seven and a half points or so for uh, half PPR, which I guarantee you, like seventy five percent of us would have taken that in week fourteen from our tight end position. But um, so I, you know, I, I think James O'Shaughnessy is, is a good play. I think Gerald Everett is a decent play. He's thirty one percent rostered. Um, he, he's somebody I don't really want to watch, but it does seem like since Russell Wilson has come back, he's been targeting him. Uh, pretty consistently minus that kind of week 13 debacle that he had. Um, right. But the, you know, but I mean, again, these are all just examples of kind of, you know, where we are. I mean, you, you still might go Evan Ingram or Jack Doyle coming off a buy or uh, CJ Uzoma, you know, coming up. Um, but, you know, again, that's, I mean, the, we, we've said a couple of times we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. The bottom of the barrel is the tight end world. <laughs> that, that is the absolute bottom of the barrel that we're at. It's so funny because I feel like uh, throughout the year, at certain points, it's felt like, hey, tight end's actually looking pretty good. Tight end's actually not too bad. Like, hey, there's actually multiple yeah. options on the waiver wire. And then at a certain point every year, uh, the tight end position comes, you know, snaps right back and and reminds us all why we all hate tight end and why and why we all went out of our way to draft George Kittle and and uh, you know Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm not going to name the other one because that's the one I drafted in most of my leagues and he's done nothing <laughs> for me lately. Thank you, Darren Waller. Uh, you're the smart one if you drafted Mark Andrews, apparently, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, but that's, that's why they, they're such a premium because uh, otherwise you do find yourself going, well, do I want to start Ricky Seals Jones or Gerald Everett this week? Mm-hmm. Um, which actually was a real text I received from my aunt uh, a week ago. Um, she asked wow. uh, <laughs> if she should start Ricky Seals Jones or uh, Gerald Everett. And I said, just, just don't play. <laughs> Just, you, you must have the coolest aunt in the world, Miles. <laughs> uh, it's the only time she's ever asked me about anything fantasy football related. So I almost wonder if it was maybe like my uncle, but he didn't want to ask me himself. Because <laughs> uh, he so, knew, he knew. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about quarterback. Um, a little bit more fun of a position, but it's also not fun if you're streaming quarterback. Um, are there any good options this week for someone finding themselves in need of a, a need of a quarterback? Yeah, well, you know, and, and I have to say right off the top, I mean, if Taysom Hill is available, which he actually is in half the leagues. So if Taysom Hill is available, um, we've seen what he can do. And he's kind of, you know, think of Jalen Hurts in the beginning of the season. Do not watch the New Orleans Saints play. Just <laughs> check the box score once Taysom Hill is done because, you know, he'll throw for 170 yards but rush for two touchdowns or something. And that's that's basically what he did uh, this week. And you know, it, it's it's just that rushing upside. There's so much upside for Taysom Hill. So, 
Um, but you know, if I would just say, check your waiver waiver wire, he is a potential league winner, um, and has a surprisingly, surprisingly high floor. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is right. I was looking at this uh, earlier today is that uh, when Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback, he has never finished outside the top 12. Um, I, and, that sounds and, about right. And, and so that is just the upside um, and consistency that a, that a rushing quarterback like that, that can have. Sean Payton's a good coach. He knows what Taysom Hill is good at. So even up against Tampa Bay, you know, I mean, when I, when I see them going up against Tampa Bay, yes, a good defense. Um, he might throw four picks again. He might throw a couple pick sixes, but he's probably going to scramble for 85, 90 yards or something by the time, uh, you know, the clock hits zero. So um, definitely far and away, I'd say Taysom Hill is he, you know, when, when you're going into the playoffs, there aren't, there aren't always like league winners that are available in half of, in half the leagues. So if he's available, just do it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully he won't bottom out, but he hasn't yet. So, um, I'm full steam ahead on him. That's funny. You said, don't watch the saints games, but look at the box score. I don't even think, look at the box score. Just, just look at, just only go and see how many fantasy points. Don't look at how yeah. he scored his fantasy points. Uh, yeah, just look at the, the raw number at the end of it all. Um, all right. And then if you're in, you know, like you said, 50% of leagues, he's rushing in just who are your, you know, God, just close your eyes, throw a dart, pray. Uh, what what quarterbacks are you targeting? Oh, man, you know there there are actually some some decent options this week. Um, it's a really it's a question of like you know the floor versus the ceiling. If you're um, if if you're favored in a matchup, then you know I would go. Um, I would definitely look at somebody like Tua Tagovailoa. Um, even mm-hmm. you know potentially Jimmy Garoppolo going up up against Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. You know t- uh, the the Dolphins are playing the Jets. The Niners are playing Atlanta. Um, so those matchups should be pretty friendly for a nice floor. Um, if you need, um, you know, a little bit, you know, more of that ceiling, um, then I think, you know, you, you can look at Big Ben. Um, you know, it, he just threw for 300 yards in the last uh, 300, 308 yards and three touchdowns uh, in week 14. He's put together a few really solid weeks. Um, and I, you know, he's only 22 rostered and there is a reason for that. We've seen some bottom out games, but going up against Tennessee, you know, I think that, um, I think we could see more of the game and it definitely could kind of have that, you know, high twenties, um, you know, mid to high twenties output for, um, for week 15. Yeah. It's, it's one of the, (laughs) I don't know that that's the person that I want to be trusting. And I don't know if that's a situation that I want to find myself in, but you're absolutely right. You have to understand uh, the position that you're in, in terms of what your team has and, and where you're at. And, you know, uh, you mentioned Jimmy G and Tua as, as uh, safer options. Um, I actually started Jimmy G in the league this week, specifically because I just needed to be in a position where I didn't get nothing from my quarterback. Yeah. Um, so it's it's definitely an understand, understandable position. Um, and, and again, I mean, hopefully you're not streaming quarterback to this extent or that you can find Taysom Hill on your wire out there. But, um, you know, there's there's, like you said, some decent options. Um, and before we get into the bad options, I mean, do you, do you want to talk about the bad options? <laughs> well, you know, I think that, um, you know, it, if you're in a league where people are hoarding quarterbacks, you know, you may have to start looking at, at, at some of these other options. I think, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is like, you know, a, a, a poor floor where he's he's probably not going to absolutely bottom you out. But I, I just don't think they play at a high enough pace um, to where you're going to really get um, what you're hoping for. 
Um, the other bad option, honestly, um, is really just because the the rushing upside is Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, you know, he he has not been good. He does not have a great matchup. Um, but you know, if uh, when you have a quarterback who might rush for 50, 60 yards and punch in a touchdown, because um, you know Cam Newton is kind of the primary goal line option for the Panthers. So if they find yeah. themselves down at the down at the you know within the five, then. <laughs> He, I mean, he's kind of, un, he's almost unstoppable down there um, sometimes. So, um, you know, again, that's, that's one of those, like, you know, if uh, he, he might win you your week or he will send you packing from the playoffs. So um, that's kind of for the more desperate, um, you know, he's, he's still 29% rostered. So he's plenty available, but again, they're at Buffalo. Buffalo has, has been a really stingy defense, a good defense um, all season, but you know, you you could see that, you know, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather take a risk on someone like Cam Newton rather than, um, you know, a Matt Ryan or, um, you know, even, even a Baker Mayfield, I, I would play Cam Newton over Baker Mayfield just cause I don't exactly know what I'm going to get from, um, from, from Baker. And there's just not that, not that same kind of rushing upside that, that you could get, um, in week 15 from, or in any week from Cam Newton. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're right. He is uh, a very, very formidable weapon in the green zone. So if they miraculously find themselves there against Buffalo, uh, Cam Newton's probably going to be the one to punch <laughs> it in. Uh, all right. And then speaking of defense and tough defenses out there, um, you're not going to get a tough defense because they're probably rostered. But uh, if you need yourself in a position to get a defense that can do well for you, has a good matchup, uh, maybe forces some turnovers, uh, who are you looking at here for week 15? Well, Miami is um, so so Miami. You know, obviously coming off the Week 14 buy, I think a lot of teams dropped them because they needed to go grab somebody for um, for Week 14. Yep. Um, so, but uh, they get the Jets. Miami has been solid, you know, for the past several weeks, um, and have, have definitely shown you know that they can get takeaways. And again, I mean, they're going up against the Jets, so I, I can probably stop there, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, three. <laughs> okay. So Miami's three. great. Three different uh, seventeen-plus point performances in in Yahoo defense scoring since week nine, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah. and the two times that they didn't, uh, they scored at least five points. Now I will say, one of the times that they did not do it was against the Jets in New York <laughs> in in week uh, in week eleven. But uh, yeah, no, they're at home. It's the Jets. I mean, again, even then, uh, five points is not what you're looking for. But at the same time, defense scoring is such a crapshoot that if you walk away with five points, hey, you're good. You, you, you got points on the board. Um, you know, it's always a, a roll of the dice to get that 20 point, that 15 point performance. You're putting yourself in a position to get that with Miami. And, uh, you know, it, they're not going to walk away with nothing. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so next up is, is the Vikings. I think Minnesota um, has, has at least shown the ability to get to the quarterback. Now that quarterback was big Ben uh, who moves in slow motion, <laughs> but um, but still, you know, and I, I think that's a, I think the Vikings present a, a real war against Chicago who has shown to be offensively challenged at times. Um, <laughs> weirdly enough, not in, not in week 14 against the Packers in like the freezing wind and uh, horrible weather. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you've got Justin Fields, who's, uh, who's definitely injured, but probably playing Andy Dalton, who is, uh, who looks like he's not going to even be available. Um, but if he is, they're both kind of hobbled. Um, and either one, um, particularly Justin Fields is definitely liable to cough up the football or throw a pick Mm -hmm. over the middle or something. Um, so, uh, you know, you add to that, you know, injury concerns and, 
um, you know, probably a little bit of a slower offensive pace. Um, you definitely, I definitely see Minnesota getting some sacks and, and, you know, getting at least one or two uh, takeaways there. And I don't see Chicago putting up a whole lot of points. So um, I like Minnesota's floor. I like, uh, I like the potential for a spike week from them. Uh, going up against Chicago's offense. So I think, I think they're a great pick and they're 39% rostered. So um, not available everywhere, but, but should be available in more than half your leagues. Okay. And then, and then what if, uh, what if you're in a, a league where they're hoarding defenses in Miami and Minnesota are both unavailable and a lot of the better options that are higher rostered aren't available. If you're really, really, you know, digging deep. <laughs> if, well, um, kind of middle there is uh, Philadelphia has, has shown that, that they can have some good weeks there and going up against Washington um, again, you know, we've already kind of talked about their injuries um, and, you know, Heineke um, when he has up weeks and he slings it, you know, then that's, that's always a good, good spot for a couple of interceptions there. And mm-hmm. uh, when they're playing conservative, then, you know, you kind of keep them low scoring and you can still, um, probably get Antonio Gibson to cough up the football. So um, I like Philadelphia there. And then for like a real, a, some real deep stuff, just take your pick, either Jacksonville or Houston. Uh, they're playing each other. Um, so <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're both plenty available in, in your leagues. But um, if I if I went one or the other, I'd probably go Houston just because I think, again, Jacksonville might have, you know, the worst team in the league. Um, it, it, and especially just a hapless op- offense. So um, you know, I, I, I think a great DFS play could be the Texans cause they might be cheap. Um, but again, yeah, if, if, uh, if you're anything like my league where we're all hoarding, everybody who's in the playoffs is, uh, hoarding those defenses, um, then, you know, you might have to trot Houston out there against, uh, against Jacksonville. Well, if week one is any indication, which at this point in the season, it probably not, but if it is Houston scored <laughs> seven points in that matchup, Jacksonville, negative three. Um, yeah. I will say though, uh, Houston has been in the negative, uh, more times this season than Jacksonville has. That's yeah. the floor with teams like this though. You, you, you have to come in understanding that you're, you're digging this deep, you know, you know what your floor is, but, uh, yeah, that's the basement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they go, yeah, they go we, under we, the floor plenty of times. I think we found the, we found the tornado safe house below the basement, uh, yeah. for this one. All right. Well, uh, you know, best of luck to you out there here in week 15. Um, hopefully, Hopefully, honestly, you're not in a position where you're using a lot of the players we talked about today. But if you do find yourself in that spot, hopefully uh, AJ has helped you, you know, uh, more calibrate kind of who you should be looking at, where you should be uh, placing your emphasis on waivers or fab. Um, if you're lucky enough to solve fab at this point in the in the year. And uh, remember, you know, if there's some other players uh, you want to see more analysis, you want to see more players, head on over to QBList.com. Check out AJ's waiver wire article uh, to help you with your week 15. 